Hello, this is Marissa Schaefer, and I'm here with Dancewell Podcast's 59th episode on imaging with Dr. Elizabeth Barchi. Dr. Barchi is a board-certified pediatrician with an added qualification in pediatric sports medicine. Her early career with Brandywine Ballet sparked her passion for dance medicine and her career in the innovation of medical care and training of dancers. During her fellowship training at NYU School of Medicine, she studied dance medicine under the mentorship of Dr. Rose and Dr. Weiss. She currently works at NYU Langone's Harkness Center for Dance Injuries and treats performers of all stripes. On this episode, Dr. Barchi helps us to clarify a few things about imaging, including do you even need imaging? If you do need imaging, why? What is an x-ray? What is an MRI, a CT, and diagnostic ultrasound? When is repeat imaging warranted? And much more. So... Why did we want to have an episode dedicated to imaging? Well, for one, there are different types of images available. Each has their own unique properties, advantages, and disadvantages. So in order to make you, our listeners, more educated and informed, we thought it appropriate to cover that information. On another front, I have noticed sometimes that people don't understand why it is that imaging is not warranted. I won't go into all the reasons why right now, you'll have to listen, but Dr. Barchi brings up some great points in the episode ahead. So without further ado, let's welcome Dr. Barchi. Buckle your seatbelts. On this episode, nutrition, life coach, dance and performance, psychological and today you are in for Hi. Hello. This is Ellie Kushner. And this is Marissa Schaefer from Dancewell Podcast. Dancewell Podcast. Hello, this is Marissa Schaefer, and I'm here with Dancewell Podcast, and today I'm here with Dr. Barchi. Welcome, and thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So Dr. Barchi and I are going to talk a little bit about imaging and imaging studies. So we're going to start off by having you, Dr. Barchi, talk to us about some of the common imaging studies you order for your dancer patients. Absolutely. Yeah, so in my my Harkness Dance Clinic, I I see exclusively dancers, um, and you know, not all of them necessarily need imaging. The most common thing, common images that I do order are by far x-rays. Mm-hmm. Now what can an x-ray show us? So x-ray actually really only shows radiodense objects, things like bones, bone chips. Sometimes you can see the evidence of swelling there. Um, so the absence of density is an indication of fluid. And you can see the evidence of things that have happened with soft tissue. So one of my dancers at the dance clinic, um, <clears throat> they came in with a lot of shoulder pain. And when we did the x-ray, we noticed that the humerus was sitting very high in the socket, which was an indication that w- there was a big rotator cuff there. So without doing anything fancy, we were able to, and plus my physical exam, mm-hmm. we are able to figure out a lot of what was going on. Um, what are the other typical things that I will order is an MRI. MRI is very common. We hear about it a lot, both in the news and on WebMD. And it's always, you know, a lot of our primary doctors will say, oh, well, you need an MRI to figure out what's going on. And an MRI can tell us a lot of important things. We can look at um, the, all the soft tissues. We can see the cartilage. We can see bone. Um, and so we can get a clearer picture about what might be going on. Um, inside the particular joint or body part that we're looking at. Um, and do you usually have patients see, do x-rays before doing MRIs or MRIs first, or is there an order you typically go in? Yeah, so there's a couple of, couple of ways to answer this. 
correctly, most of the time we start with x-rays first. One, because we can tell a lot about what's going on and we don't necessarily need to get an MRI to be able to effectively treat a dancer. Mm -hmm. um, and so I like to start with x-ray simply to see you know, what's going on with the bones, what's going on with the alignment of the bones, is it going to help me figure out how to best treat the patient? Mm -hmm. um, the other aspect of it is that insurance most of the time will not cover an MRI without a previous x-ray of that area. I've been on the phone arguing multiple times and finally I just realized, okay, it's part of a checkbox, they've got to have it, they won't cover it otherwise. And so that's the other reason that we'll get x-rays if I think that they need an MRI. I start with an x-ray so I can make sure it's approved. It's sad, but it is. It's the way the medical system works here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how about CTs? Do you ever order CT scans? I do rarely. Mm -hmm. um, so for a CT scan, it's usually going to be something um, within the bone itself rather than soft tissue that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. um, so if I'm looking for a specific type of fracture that is going to be very difficult to see both on X-ray and MRI, that's when I would consider a CT scan. CT scans have a lot of radiation, um, and so I try to avoid them if at all possible. Mm -hmm. And a lot of, especially, we used to use them for hip imaging um, because it was the only way that you could get 3D reconstruction of the hip if you were thinking of doing surgery. Mm -hmm. um, but now with our, at least at Harkness, which partners with NYU, we actually have very powerful MRI machines that can do that 3D reconstruction without the radiation. That's which is really nice. That's great. Um, okay, S any other kind of images you want to bring up before we start talking about who's eligible? <laughs> well, sometimes I do. If I um, have it with me in the clinic, in, in dance clinic, I can also do um, diagnostic ultrasound too. Mm -hmm. And that again, each of, as I think that whoever's listening will realize that each imaging modality has its own limitations. Sure. Um, but the diagnostic ultrasound is really great for things that are either on the surface um, or that you need to be able to move mm -hmm. in order to see the problem. So something dynamic that you wouldn't necessarily see on MRI that could explain one of the symptoms. Um, if I have my ultrasound with me that day, I can pull that out and, you know, it's real quick. You just throw it on and you have them move through the motions and you can be very specific about it. Absolutely. But that's the, I guess that's the fourth imaging modality that I can use. Great, great. And for those of you who are listening and who are having a hard time conceptualizing a diagnostic ultrasound, think of uh, women having ultrasounds during pregnancy. Exactly, it's the exact same technology, um, except instead of looking at the baby in the belly, we're looking at the baby in the shoulder or the <laughs> knee or the foot. Yeah. <laughs> and nice. we, we like to joke about that at Harkness when, yeah. we're, when we're ultrasounding, we say, ah, oh, it's a boy. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, okay, so not everyone is eligible for imaging. Um, what, uh, how do you make the decision about who gets imaging? Yeah, and it's, it's one of those things that in medicine, you know, to really practice medicine well, everything that you do to a patient comes with a cost. Mm -hmm. And so when you're thinking about if you're going to order imaging, there's a cost to that. There's a, a literal cost financially. Mm -hmm. But then depending on what it is, it's either a cost of time, 
um, a cost of radiation, you know, some, some cost of travel. If we have to get an MRI, they have to travel somewhere and then come back. Um, and so there's always a cost. So the question that I ask myself when I'm deciding if I'm going to get imaging is, is this going to change my management? Mm -hmm. And so if this is going to significantly change the course of treatment, if I'm going to all of a sudden go from doing, you know, physical therapy at Harkness for six weeks and then, you know, they should be better at that point or, you know, down the road of do they need surgery and then physical therapy, you know, those are very big decision points. And so, you know, I don't take, you know, ordering imaging lightly because there is that cost. So when I try to decide who should get imaging, it's always a question of, Will this significantly change what I'm going to do for them and their outcome? Mm -hmm. Because if not, you know, we don't need it. Right. And that's like you're making that decision based on the history you gather from the patient, the physical exam, um, you know, how they walk into the space, who they are as a person. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Walking into the space, I always try to position myself in such a way that I can observe patients walking in. <laughs> you get so much information you from do. just walking, watching them walk down the hall. Right, or put their bag down if they got a shoulder thing or a neck yeah. thing and all that kind of jazz. Um, is there ever a space and time where you see a person and you initially say, I'm not going to give them imaging. Um, let's have you go to Harkness where you know I see some of your patients too, right? And then... Um, after a course of, let's say, six to eight weeks of physical therapy, there's no change or they're not making as much progress as we think they should, um, and you reevaluate them, would you consider having imaging at that point? Absolutely, because I think at that point, that's when we're on the decision tree of, okay, either we've made progress and we've plateaued or we haven't made progress at all, so we're going in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. And so that's when imaging really becomes useful to help us figure out, okay, so we've tried this already. We've tried you know, the simple things that usually work mm -hmm. and that, you know, we're, we've hit a, we've hit a wall. Right. And so the imaging can help us figure out how to get around that wall. Great. And sometimes, you know, sometimes I'll have Harkness physical therapists contact me and they're able to see over time things that I can't see mm -hmm. in a 15 minute visit at the office. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes they'll come to me and they'll say, hey, I think this might be going on. I'm concerned about X. What do you think about that? And I'll say, yeah, that sounds very plausible. Let's have, let me see them and we can order some imaging to see if that is in fact what's going on. Yeah, great. Um, when, for example, is repeat imaging warranted? Repeat imaging, now that's an interesting one. So when things are changing, mm -hmm. so if they're, the easiest one to think about is a, a broken bone. Right. So you have a broken bone and you get the x-ray to begin with to say, yes, it's broken. And then we treat it, you know, either with immobilization or non, you know, crutches, that kind of thing, and mm -hmm. a boot, a cast. We try not to do casts whenever possible because yeah. they're so miserable for the patient. Mm -hmm. um, and so in that case, you would repeat the imaging periodically t if the bone is dis you know, broken into two pieces, you would want to image to make sure the bone stays in correct alignment. Mm -hmm. um, and then you would just track it over time to see that it has fully healed and that they're ready to go off to rehabbing and going back to their activities. 
Now the other, that's an easy one. The other time that we would get repeat imaging is when there's some kind of change. Mm -hmm. So say you have um, someone who, a great example would be if they were, we had an MRI that showed that they had ankle impingement. And then all of a sudden they started, they were doing really well. And then all of a sudden they started having this really boring kind of aching pain in one of their metatarsals. You know, it's something, it's near the area, we had already diagnosed what was going on, but now we're starting to wonder, could there be something else that's going on that started in the interim, something like a bony stress injury? Um, and so if there is a change or someone just gets re-injured, you know, they're doing right. great, about to go back to everything, and then they fall in a pothole, and their ankle is all swollen and we think, oh goodness, you know, did they, did they break their ankle? That's also when we would want to repeat. So either, you know, if we're following something through to make sure it's healed, something like a fracture, we mm -hmm. wouldn't follow a soft tissue injury through because that's something that we would know if it, the patient will tell us if it's better. Right, right. <laughs> um, and repeat imaging is not gonna help that. Um, but something like a fracture that you have to make sure it's healed. Um, and then if there's been some significant change mm -hmm. in the course, um, that a re-injury, a new injury, that's when we would want to, you know, make sure that we investigate that. It's almost as if it's a separate thing yeah. rather than repeat of the same problem. It's really, I think there's a new problem. Right. And kind of, I'm like thinking about going into my like, patient case files in my brain here, um, I can think about someone coming to the clinic who, let's say, came in because of like a like lumbar stenosis, mm -hmm. but they had imaging a year and a half ago, and we don't really know how they were a year and a half ago. Would that warrant repeat imaging? Yeah, if, if they're telling me, if the dancer is telling me, hey, I had this diagnosis a year and a half ago, but things have progressively worsened and now I'm having new symptoms mm -hmm. like numbness and tingling running down my legs that I've never had before, I definitely get new imaging at totally. that point because that's something that's new. It's changed from before. Mm -hmm. um, it's not, if they had said it's the same pain that I've been having for a year and a half, I'd say, okay, you know, it's probably changed a little bit. It's probably progressed a little bit. Um, you wouldn't necessarily want to know that <laughs> if it's if it's your back, you want to <laughs> think about it as positively as possible. Um, and so we'll, we'll go about treating it. Um, and if we think about, you know, escalating from physical th therapy to something more invasive, like epidural injections or surgery, that's when we get advanced imaging, mm -hmm. just to uh, more of a surgical preparation, rather than necessarily finding out what's going on, because we already know what's going on. Right. But if there's something new, like all of a sudden it's running down the legs, right. or they're having trouble with their bowel or bladder incontinence. Continent, That's then, serious. Then we definitely, we definitely repeat at that yeah, point. Absolutely. And advanced imaging, can you go into that for a second? Advanced imaging, that is what I call anything beyond x-ray and ultrasound. Mm -hmm. So things like an MRI or CT scan, those are considered advanced imaging. And they, you know, they require a lot of insurance hoops to jump through right. in order to obtain. Right. Um, so it sounds like to me benefits of imaging, um, you know, if there was a question, it's going to help us to direct our course of care, our treatment. It's going to help us see if uh, we have appropriate healing. Are there any other um, benefits that you can think of? 
Yeah, um, I would say that's a lot of it. Um, when I work as a team physician for Division One um, colleges, sometimes we'll order it simply to get the coaches on board to stop mm -hmm. harassing my athletes to mm -hmm. get back on the field when they're not ready. Yeah, that's real. Um, and so sometimes that's helpful if there is an overarching power over my dancer at Harkness um, and they are demanding that they get back sooner than they're ready for. Sometimes we'll do an MRI simply to say, look, we got the MRI, it shows this, they need this amount of time to get back. And it just helps protect the dancer in those specific kind of circumstances sure. where they're under a lot of pressure. Sure. But yeah, that's real. Um, okay, but on the converse side, on the flip side, is there a danger of knowing too much? Like, yeah. yes. And I, it's funny that you say that because I am someone who, you know, I have, as a retired dancer, I have hip pain. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I have made the decision that until I can't put my socks on in the morning because I've lost all that range of motion, I'm not going to get imaging on the hip. Yeah. Because it's not going to help me. Right. Because until I'm ready to get a hip replacement, there's nothing other than the physical therapy that um, either I do on my own or if at some point it gets really bad and I need to have formal physical therapy. There's nothing that I would do differently than that. And so if I had seen the images, there is a, a chance that it might, you know, I might get depressed over the state of my hip and it might deteriorate faster because in my mind it's much worse than it actually really is. Right, right. In fact, in Australia, um, with uh, their dancers, they actually don't allow them to see their imaging for the back pain. Mm -hmm. And it's because that they believe, and actually some of the studies have shown that you can create pain where there wasn't before simply by having a patient see their imaging and see like, oh, between those vertebra, it's really, really flattened, so that's really bad. And then all of a sudden, they get pain where they never did before because they realize it's there's a pathology there, mm -hmm. even though they were able to compensate and move through it. And so it's in some countries now, it's Australia is the the one that um, comes to mind. They actually don't allow people to see their own imaging mm -hmm. for the purpose of they feel that seeing it and realizing how you know, what it looks like could potentially be detrimental to them. Yeah. On the flip side, sometimes it's helpful if uh, the imaging is completely normal to see that and say, look, look how normal this You're is. Yeah. I've had patients before who they have really, they have knee pain, they have trouble walking, and then all of a sudden they see that their MRI is normal. They're like, well, it, it started okay. going away. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's that mental thing of, you know, if it's normal, it's really helpful to see it because sometimes it helps you mentally overcome and be like, oh, that pain, that's okay. I can move through that pain. It's not going to hurt me. Right. Um, as opposed to seeing a an x-ray that has either advanced arthritis at a young age mm -hmm. or some sort of lesion or problem. Um, you know, that can sometimes create this whole idea in one's mind of like, oh, that's really bad. And then it becomes worse than it actually is. Mm -hmm. There's also the danger. Mm -hmm. This happens too. Mm -hmm. That when you go looking for something, you'll find something else. Uh, yes. Yeah. That wasn't necessarily a problem to begin with. Mm -hmm. And now that you found it, you have to actually deal with it and manage it. And it blows up into this big ordeal, even though it was, you know, nothing that was causing problems to yeah. begin with. Things, yeah. a classic example are cysts, you know, 
you can have cysts in especially in your ankle or your knee that aren't causing any harm they're you know usually popped up because of some past trauma or some some sort of um, change in the biomechanics or flaw in the biomechanics and they don't bother anyone maybe sometimes they hurt a little bit but Mm -hmm. then it goes away and then seeing that it's just you know this idea of I have a I have a cyst in my ankle and, <laughs> and it's really scary yeah. and you think like oh god did I pop my cyst is my cyst okay where is my cyst how will I know it's okay and you know it, it creates this whole you know anxiety about something that was never a problem to begin with right so there's whenever you go looking and that's that's one of the reasons why we usually say you know because of there's the the physical cost financially, there's the time cost, but then there's also the psychological cost Mm -hmm. to the patient. Whenever you get imaging or lab studies, you always have to weigh that because if you find something that's not necessarily significant, but is positive in the sense of it's something that's not normal or out of the ordinary, Mm -hmm. um, then that can really cause a lot of anxiety and harm to the patient. Absolutely. Um, Two things to bring up. One, before we get too far away from it, you Mm. mentioned that you might um, develop a cyst because of change in the biomechanics. Yeah. By that, do you just mean uh, changes in technique and the way your bones are moving? Yeah. Yeah. And so I I just had a patient um, recently at Harkness where he he said, well, my – the back of my ankle really hurts when I put my point my foot really really hard and I said well you're actually not supposed to point your foot so really hard, hard that you're yeah. <laughs> gripping all of your muscles mm-hmm. so if we if you go and, and change the mechanics of how you're pointing your foot to be more correct mm-hmm. most of the time the pain goes away mm-hmm. makes sense yeah um, and then the other thing is to point out um, degenerative changes are a normal part of life Yes. And they are not necessarily symptomatic. No. And that's why I say, you know, for my hip, I'm not going to get imaging until I'm ready to have a hip replacement. Right. Because it really doesn't matter. You know, I'm sure that I have arthritis all over. I've actually, back when I was younger, I had an MRI on my knee that showed arthritis Mm -hmm. in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. So I definitely won't image my knees ever. Um, (laughs) Because it's it's normal. You know, you develop these little bone spurs. You develop um, cartilage wear and tear. And it's just a normal part of life. And your body compensates over time. You learn. That's also some of the changing mechanics is sometimes you lose a little bit of your range of motion. Mm -hmm. And you learn to compensate for that. You learn to do things differently over time. And the beautiful thing about the body is that when left to itself, it's very slow and very gradual, these changes. Mm -hmm. And so it gives the mind time to catch up with how it controls the body absolutely because there is a a very deep mind-body connection and it's all about learning so if the body is changing it changes at a rate that the mind can keep up Mm -hmm. and change the way it control says how to move that's a really good point really good point um and something else i'm thinking about too is dancers who have seen let's say labral tears on imaging mm-hmm. um, who say have hip pain but it doesn't necessarily have to come from their labral tear even if you find one because labral exactly. tears can be asymptomatic yeah. um, and then it, I mean this is kind of illustrating a point that you brought up earlier people getting hung up on that mm-hmm. and being like oh my god I have a labral tear it's like well it's not a death sentence again yeah. you can change how you move uh, exactly. a lot of these things are asymptomatic um, and you might never need intervention and I had, I actually recently, over the, over the last year, had a wonderful patient um, in my Harkness Dance Clinic, and she had a labral tear in her hip. 
And we actually had started off, I didn't do any imaging at first. We started off with the physical therapy to retrain her core mm -hmm. so that we balanced out her core and her, her um, thigh muscles so that she wasn't gripping when she did her extensions. Mm -hmm. She got very strong. She continued to have some pain um, with certain movements and, and was struggling. So we did ultimately get imaging and we got an x-ray and an MRI. The MRI showed that she did have a labral tear. And I sat down and talked to her and I said, here are your options. You can do surgery to repair this labral tear. It's a big surgery, many, many weeks of recovery. You have to wear a big brace and you know, it's, it's not a fun thing to do. And she said, or I could just not ponche with that as my supporting leg and I can do just fine. I said, I think okay, that's great. the way to go. Yeah. You know, if you can work around it, if you know that there are certain steps like punching with the affected side as your supporting leg, mm -hmm. if that bothers you, but you can work around it and really only do a deep punche on the other side, mm -hmm. you don't need to go doing all these big interventions just because you have something there. You can work around it. Yeah. Yeah. Great point to make. Um, does imaging always give us the answer to our questions? Sadly, no. Mm, sad. In fact, <laughs> it so rarely gives us the answer to our questions. Yeah. That's also why we don't order it. Yeah. Unless I unless I have a patient for whom I say, I think you blew your knee. I'm pretty sure that there's a couple ligament tears, you know, right. ACL, right. you know, some real damage to that knee. Unless I think I know what I'm going to see and I'm confirming it and it's sort of like surgical planning. I really often don't get MRIs because I don't, it doesn't usually tell us the story of what's going on. Yeah. It can help. It's a piece of evidence. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the best way to look at it. It's not this magical orb that we go to to figure out why are you having pain. Mm -hmm. It's just a piece of evidence, you know, like getting a hammer and, you know, adding that to your toolbox. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And we have to remember that the human body is such a complex interplay of a whole bunch of things. Yeah. Right? How you move, the like uh, motor control, your strength, um, your technique, your that how you, how you think about your body and perceive mm -hmm. your body. Yeah. Et cetera. Yeah, I I do I do have dancers who sometimes struggle with understanding the difference between injury and irritation mm -hmm. of a body part. Um, and what is simply, and it's, it's also hard for me as a physician to be able to really explain, explain kind of down into the nitty gritty because it's different for everyone. But there's the difference between the good kind of pain of right. we worked the muscles really hard and now they're sore and mm -hmm. that's good mm -hmm. because they're, those muscles are getting strong. And the pain that's, you know, okay, this could be overuse and not necessarily overuse I have to take six weeks off you know we don't overuse in okay maybe for the next day or two we're not going to do releve because I really worked my calves hard the other right, day right and they need a break otherwise we're going to get a strain here and that's going to take weeks to get better instead mm -hmm. of just days mm -hmm. um, and so being able to tell the difference between the different types of pain of okay this is you know, especially when I work with young, young um, patients, young gymnasts, young dancers, young fig figure skaters, knowing, teaching them the difference between the muscles burning because mm -hmm. they're working hard, mm -hmm. the muscles being truly fatigued that they're not going to be working correctly, and the muscle being actually strained or a tendon being 
uh, pulled or strained right. in a different way or, right. you know, usually broken bones are fairly obvious. It's the soft tissue injuries that are sometimes hard Harder to tell to the discern. difference between good work, you know, irritation mm-hmm. and true injury. Right. Absolutely. Um, is there anything that I missed in regarding regards to imaging or is there anything that you find your, uh, yourself telling to your patients often regarding imaging? I usually, I usually try to tell them not to worry yeah. so much because especially sometimes if I, if I need something like an MRI to be because I'm thinking, okay, I think maybe the ACL might be blown. Mm-hmm. I try to help them not to worry because, you know, setbacks are big, yeah. but usually not so big that with enough determination, good rehab, good coaching that you can't come back from it. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my dancers at Harkness, they're they're freelance. You know, they they work at the Met for this season, then they work on the Grinch, and then they, you know, work on this Broadway show, this off-Broadway show, this company. And so for them, their future is always in limbo. Yeah. And so an injury could mean losing their job. Yeah. And so something as big as an ACL that's pretty detrimental. But it's not something that you can't come back from. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of dancers who come back from ACL tears and they go on to have very fulfilling professional dance lives. And so helping dancers not to worry too much that even if it is the worst case scenario that they would need something like surgery, mm-hmm. it's so rarely something that they can't come back from. Absolutely. And it's it's trying to help them understand, you know, because it can be very scary waiting for results. and. Luckily, you know, most of the time it's just, you know, okay, so we've had a setback, but we can come back from this better than we ever were before. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the way to look at it. It's an opportunity that we're facing. Totally. And dancers are not alone, at least in this fair city of New York. <laughs> no. <laughs> Where they have the, the PTs at Harkness. They have you in the dance clinic. They have, you know, we have resources like the Actors Fund where they can go and do um, psychological counseling or group therapy or, you know, nutritional counseling, et cetera, all these things to make you feel better. Yes. Yeah. Um, great. Dr. Barty, thank you. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. Thank you for um, hopefully um, calming some minds of our listeners. Yes. <laughs> with this imaging talk. If you take away anything, it'll be okay. Yes, it will be okay. Just trust, trust that it will be okay. Yes, please. Tall order, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, if any of our listeners want to get in contact with you or maybe want to come see you in dance clinic, how should they go about doing that? Yeah, so I would actually recommend the best way to get in contact with me is actually just to call Harkness because they know where to find me yes. at any given time. <laughs> it's true. If, because if you try to contact me in different ways, you know, it could take days to weeks or I might it might not even come to me at all because our, our emails are so strict and the policies and things like that. So getting getting through, Harkness can find me. So call Harkness. <laughs> I will... Um, put the information for it's at Harkness Center for Dance Injuries, which is part of NYU Langone, um, that contact information in the show notes. And so thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Of course. On behalf of Ellie and myself, I, Marissa Schaefer, want to say thank you to all of our listeners for joining us on this episode of Dancewell Podcast. Our intro soundscape was composed by the dynamic duo Brendan Berry and Dylan Ezzi, and dancer-designer Katie Dean crafted our visual image. 
To those of you who have made this season possible by contributing to DanceWell, we are infinitely grateful. We wouldn't be where we are without you. Your donations help us to pay for SoundCloud membership, website fees and upgrades, and our recording technology. If you too would like to make a contribution to DanceWell, please follow the link in the description of this podcast to visit our GoFundMe page. We thank you in advance for your support. And lastly, if you like what you hear, we invite you to go to iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud and search DanceWell Podcast to subscribe. You can also view all of our episodes and learn more about this podcast by visiting our website at www.dancewellpodcast.com. If you have questions or want to get in touch, email us at dancewellpodcast at gmail.com. Bye.